the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, so we are reading a letter. Somebody say a letter. a letter. Okay, and let us always begin with an address. And then the recipient is named. In ancient times, when they wrote letters, the first name you will see is the one writing. In our times, when you write a letter, the last name you will see is the person who is writing. Praise the Lord. And so we will read the letter Titus. We are reading from the Passion Translation this evening, TPT. Now let's go and go. From Paul, God's willing slave, and an apostle of Jesus, the anointed one, to Titus, I'm writing to further the faith of God's chosen ones and lead them to the full knowledge of the truth that leads audience. So we are told that the letter is coming from who? And it's going to who? Titus. Alright? So, that's it. That's why the series is broadly captioned, Dear Titus. Praise the Lord. Dear Titus, because he was the one who was receiving the letter. And then, he says, I'm writing to you. And the reason why I'm writing it is to feather the fate of God's people. Let's go to verse 2. To feather the fate of God's people that leads to godliness. Verse 2. Wait, rest on the hope of eternal life. Who never lies has promised this before time began. Verse 3. In his own time, he unveiled his word through the which was entrusted to me by the command of God, our life giver. 2. Titus, you are my true son in the faith we share. May grace and peace descend to you from God the Father and our Savior, the Anointed One. Jesus. Five. The reason I stationed you in Crete was so that. Okay. Good. Verse six. Each of them must be above reproach, devoted solely to his wife, whose children are believers and not rebellious or out of control. I want to encourage you, please follow and read. One goal, seven. The overseer, since he served God's household, must be someone of blameless character and not be opinionated or short-tempered. He must not be a drunkard or violent or greedy. Eight. Instead, he should be one who is known for his hospitality and lover of goodness. He should be recognized as one who is fair-minded, pure-hearted, and self-control. Nine. He must have a firm grasp of the trustworthy message 
that he has been taught. This will enable him to be teachings and provide convincing answers to those who oppose his message. 10. They must be silenced because they are this entire families with their corrupt teachings. 12. A certain one of them, one of their own prophets, said, those Cretans are nothing but liars, worthless beasts, and lazy gluttons. What a description. He certainly knew what he was talking about. For this reason, correct them so that their lives will line up with the truth of our faith. 14. Instruct them in the attend Jewish myth and follow the teachings of those who reject the truth. 15. It's true that but to the corrupt unbelievers, nothing is pure. Their minds and conscience are defiled. 15. They claim to know God, but they deny him. They are disgusting, disobedient, from doing anything. May you not be disgusting. May you not be disqualified from doing anything good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He says they are disgusting, they are disobedient, and they are disqualified from doing anything good. Somebody say, Dear Titus. Dear Titus. Okay, so Paul wrote a letter, and we will go back to verse 4. Let's read verse 4. That is where we are. 1 verse 4. Let's go. Titus, you are my true son in the faith we share. May grace and peace descend to you from God the Father and our Savior, the Anointed One, Jesus. That's it. So he addresses Titus. He said, you are a true son. You are my true son. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a true son. Be a true son. Uh -huh. So Paul left Titus in Crete because he was a true son. And he gave him an instruction that the reason why I've left you in Crete is so that you can also raise other true sons. And so, for the past weeks, we've been looking at remain a true son and raise true sons. Somebody say, remain a true son and raise true sons. So, in this, we've been exploring biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. Somebody say, biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. Now, we have established the fact that Paul did the ministry with the spiritual sons. And that's how God has designed it to be. Ministry is supposed to be done together. Ministry is not a pastor's job. Ministry is not a few people in the church's job. Ministry is every believer's job. Somebody say, ministry is every believer's job. Say, ministry is every believer's job. All of us are into the ministry. Somebody says, uh, Pastor, I have not been called into the ministry. It's because you lack understanding. In fact, God has already ordained you into the ministry. He has not only called you, but he has actually ordained you. He has taken you a step further. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you and I have ordained you. So that's where you are. You have the nation certificate is already given you. Somebody say, I'm in ministry. Okay, and if you are going to be effective in ministry and in fulfilling your ministry, by the way, you have to understand last week when we were sending Pastor Sami off from the Petit Church, I was saying that the greatest reason why you are here is to fulfill your ministry. Somebody say, fulfill my ministry. Fulfill my ministry. 
And unfortunately, many people live lives and they never live to fulfill their ministry. Some of them build houses, they have cars, they form businesses, but they never fulfill their ministry. Now listen, no matter what you accomplish for yourself in this life, no matter the pedigree, academic degrees you acquire, and the placement and the honors you receive from men, if you die without having fulfilled your ministry, you have failed your assignment in Christ. Are you here with me? Very important. This is the very reason why you are here. The Bible said, by grace we are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then he said, verse 10, he said, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, unto ministry work, unto service. That's why you were created, that's why you were saved. We are the new creation. So he says, you were created in Christ for good works. The new creation is created for ministry. Somebody say, I'm created for ministry. That's why we are here. You must never lose sight. I tell people, don't get too busy with your secular job to the extent that you are not involved in ministry. Paul spoke to Atipos. He said, take it to the ministry which you have received and fulfill it. You have to know you have a ministry and then you have to be conscious to fulfill it. Somebody say, you have to know. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to know that you have a ministry and you have to be conscious to fulfill it. Yeah. You have to be conscious to fulfill it. Life is not just about making money, making babies, building houses. No, 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 no. That is very trivial. That's very trivial. If you are going to live kingdom life, kingdom life is about living for God and fulfilling the assignment for you. And that is the ministry we have received in Christ. Are you here with me? Now, when you begin to live your life on that plane, then everything you desire in life is made available unto you. He says, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of what? Talk back to me. The kingdom of what? And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything you desire in life is added when the kingdom is a priority in your life. May his kingdom become a priority in your life. May his kingdom become a priority in your life. So we started exploring biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. Because if you are not a true son, you may not be able to fulfill your ministry. When Paul was leaving, he said, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Maybe we should see that because when he was about to die. Now let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I think verse... For there about new new King James, Calibro Koshada Dabaha, Labra de Vasokete, Landi Zagato Sevre de Kelosha. I charge, I charge, I charge. Somebody say, I charge. I charge. Fellows, ah. you were not in Katanga, eh? <laughs> I charge. Somebody say, I charge. I charge. Say, I charge you therefore before God. What? Before what? I charge you before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who will what? At his appearing and his kingdom. Verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Do what? Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they will hear for themselves teachers. Verse 4. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Five. But you, 
endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Did you see that? He said, you, there are things other people are doing, but you fulfill your ministry. May you fulfill your ministry. Amen. I see you fulfilling your ministry. Amen. There are many people in church who are doing all kinds of things, but the most important thing, they've left it. Jesus told Martha, you are troubled about many things. One thing is needful, and your sister has chosen it, and it cannot be taken away from her. Fulfill your ministry. He said, you, be watchful in all things. And your affliction, do the work of the and fulfill your ministry. You will fulfill your ministry. Amen. You will fulfill your ministry. Amen. Listen, the worst church you can be in is a church where you are not intentionally being equipped to fulfill your ministry. Where you are in a church and you are not being equipped intentionally to fulfill your ministry, you are in the wrong place. Praise the Lord. Because the reason why you are in church is to be equipped to fulfill your ministry. That's the primary reason why you are in church. Every other thing is a bonus. That's not the main thing. When God gives you a wife, a child, a husband, it's a bonus. There are people who go to heaven without a child. They will go to heaven without a baby. They will go to heaven without a husband. But listen, they will get there and they have so maximized their lives and fulfilled their ministry that heaven will celebrate them big time. May you be one of such people. Amen. I said, may you be one of such people Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. That's the kind of believer we want you to become in this house. Are you here with me? So he told him, fulfill your ministry. But you can't fulfill it without the spirit of a son. And so we are looking at biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. There are fake sons and there are genuine sons. There are true sons and there are false sons. How can we identify them? Scripture gives us guidelines. In the life of Titus, in the life of Timothy, and in the life of Jesus Christ, we see biblical characteristics of who a true son looks like. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 to 24. That's where we are. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be what? Encouraged when I know your for I have no one like-minded who sincerely care for your For all seek their, not the things which are, but you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he has served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself Okay, so we started from here and we started picking up some of the characteristics. We read another text, I think 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 to 18, where we also saw about Titus. So out of Titus and Timothy, and later on I bring Christ in, we will see some biblical characteristics. So far we have covered the fact that a true son, somebody say a true son, is sendable. A true son is sendable. Somebody say, I'm a true son, I'm sendable. Number two, we said a true son carries the same spirit and walks in the same steps as his father. Let's read it together. A true son carries the same spirit and walks in the same steps as his father. Number three, let's read it together. A true son is a great source of encouragement and joy to his father. Number four, a true son is like-minded or has a kindred spirit. Number five, a true son cares sincerely for the church. 
Number six, a true son pursues the interests of Christ and is set above his personal interests, ambitions, or goals. And number seven, a true son is proven and... Number eight, we said a true son serves... A true son does what? Okay, and we have that reference from Philippians chapter 2, verse 22, the New Living Translation. Let's see that. Philippians chapter 2, the New Living Translation, verse 22. But you know how Timothy has what? Oh, say it. Uh-huh. He has served with me in the gospel. So a true son serves with his father. He wants to be with his father. He's excited when he's with his father. He's not looking for an opportunity to go away from his father. He's not one who is dreaming of breaking away. Am I communicating here? The Bible said they went away because they were originally not part of us. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 8 verse 35, he said the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abides in the house forever. May you be a true son. I said may you be a true son. When you are a true son, no matter where you are, you are still a son. You are connected. Are you here with me? When you travel out to UK, US, you are connected. When you are in Taqwa, you are still connected. Are you here with me? A true son is connected regardless of wherever they are. But when they are not genuine, the moment they are out of sight, they are out of contact, they are out of love. They don't see any sense of commitment. A true son abides forever. May you be a true son. And then number nine, we said a true son what? A true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is what? Say a true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is. And we see that here, Philippians chapter 2, verse 23 to 24. Philippians 2, 23 to 24. The New Living Translation says, I hope. Somebody say, I hope. I hope hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. Verse 24. And I have, I have from the Lord that I myself will come to you. I myself will come to see you. So Paul is preparing to go and he sends Timothy ahead and he says, Tell them that I'm coming. He sent him ahead. He could send him to go prepare the way for him. Last week we saw the interesting episode how Gehazi was a bad one. But in John the Baptist we see an example of an excellent forerunner. Let's look at Mark chapter 1 verse 4 to 8. And John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea, please look at this. All the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Everybody in Judea and Jerusalem came to John. That is a popular guy. That is a reigning guy, the reigning pastor at the moment. Everybody came. Everybody who wanted anything spiritual went to John. And they came from the east, the west, the north. And then John was baptizing them. Now look at verse 6. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair and with the leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. That is depiction of Elijah. The similarities between him and Elijah. He shall go in the power of Elijah. So when you see his appearance and Gedel, he's describing an Elijah to you. Verse 7, let's go. 
And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and lose. Verse 8. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you. not beautiful? Excellent guy. Everybody say, John, you are the real deal. You are the real. He said, listen, you think I am? There is somebody I'm a forerunner for. He's super. When he comes, in fact, the way you guys are hailing me, he asked for him, even his shoelace, I'm not ready to remove it. Wow. That was the honor he had for Christ. He was an excellent forerunner. When you are an excellent forerunner, you don't project yourself. Your boss sends you to a place to go do something for him. You do an excellent job. And everybody is celebrating you. Ha! Ah, the gentleman you sent to us, he such a fantastic guy. He knows the job. Within minutes, he has finished everything. How come? Listen, henceforth, we don't need you to be coming. We want him to be coming more. Praise the Lord. There are people who have never been sent to great places because they were sent there and they acted and posed like the ogre. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When they were celebrating them, John said, listen, 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 you make a mistake. If you are celebrating me, you are making a mistake. My boss who sent me will soon come. Are you here with me? There's a boss I have. He's powerful. And when he comes, you will see real deal. That's how you assist. I'm not communicating here. That's how you assist. And when you assist like that, you are promoted. Uh, listen, John the Baptist, there are only two people in the Gospels whose detailed birth record we have. One is Christ, the second is John the Baptist. And take time, spend time, and all is in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 15. Luke chapter 1, verse 21. And it's amazing what he said of them. John will be great. Jesus will be great. And John came. And he said, Jesus, I'm not ready to untie. Some people feel that when you are assisting and you assist well, you are small. The Bible said the greatest among you shall be what? Oh, talk to me. The greatest among you shall be what? John became great, not because he performed any miracle. Jesus said, of all men born of women, there is none as great as John the Baptist. Do you see that? Then one who said Jesus used, he was not worthy to untie. Jesus said, of all men born of women, this is the greatest God. Why? Because he knew how to stay in his place and in his calling. May you stay in your place and your calling. Amen. I said, may you stay in your place and your calling. Amen. That's key. So, an excellent forerunner. We find one in John the Baptist. We find one in the disciples. Sometimes they also mess it up. One day, the disciples were sent to go to a place, and they went there, they were rejected, they wanted to call down fire. They are not excellent forerunners. They couldn't stand rejection. May you be an excellent forerunner. Yeah. Yeah, because, you see, sometimes in ministry, you can be sent to represent your boss, even in life. In your company, can send you to represent your boss in a place. And when you go, because you are not your boss, you are despised. Some people can do all kinds of things to you. And if you are not an excellent forerunner, you can react. And you don't know that any negative reaction you give is going against the character and the image of your boss. I'm not communicating here. Be mindful. Understand that you are not there for yourself. Any negative action you take, the stain will be extended to your boss. An excellent forerunner. They say, we are not allowing you in. John and James, he said, we will burn the whole city. Today you will see something. Do you know who my boss is? Do you know where I'm coming from? And he said, you won't give me seats. You have put me at the back. No, my boss is so, so, and so. I need to sit at the front seat. By the time you finish, you have destroyed the whole thing. And then they will go back to your boss and say, hey, 
<laughs> your guy came to really mess the program up for us. Or if they are very smart, they say, hey, thank you very much for the way you messed our program up. They won't say your guy. They say the way you messed our program up. That shall not be your testimony. Amen. I said that shall not be your testimony. Amen. A true son, number 10, is faithful. Somebody say faithful. faithful. Say faithful. faithful. It's important you know that a true son is faithful. You have to learn to be loyal. Tend to your neighbors, they learn to be loyal. Amen. There's such great reward in loyalty, people don't know it. Many people don't know what it means to be loyal, to be trustworthy, to be reliable. Look at what Paul says about Timothy. Look at this. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. I do not write these things to do what? Shame you. But as my beloved children, I, I, verse 15, let's go. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I begotten you through what? Okay. For this reason, therefore I urge you to what? Therefore I urge you to what? Huh. How are you going to imitate me? For this reason that I have just stated, I want you to imitate me and for you to imitate me where I have sent. Look at this. For this reason I have what? Sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. Those words. My beloved. May you become a beloved son. Amen. May you become a faithful son. Amen. He said, my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. This is a faithful one. I'll come to look at the beloved. My beloved and faithful son in the Lord. May you be a faithful son. Amen. May you be a faithful son. Amen. If there is one thing that David and his son Solomon were both very much concerned about, it was faithfulness. In their time, just like in our days, faithful men and women were very, very limited. They were very scarce. So you see Psalm 12. David was praying. Look at this. Psalm 12 verse 1. The New Living Translation said, Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast, what? Disappearing. Then he says, The faithful have vanished from the earth. May the faithful not vanish from your place of work. May the faithful not vanish from your place of work. May the faithful not vanish from the church. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing and the faithful are vanished from the earth. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who have money and all they are looking for is somebody they can trust to commit the money to, to do business. And somebody is also looking for a loan, I want a loan. So people don't know that trustworthiness is one of the greatest capitals you can have. When you have it, people can entrust you. Are you here with me? David said, the godly faithful men are finishing. You are given a job and you are supposed to report at 7. Every time you report after 8.30, you are unfaithful. Your boss knows you will be there at 7. That's why he doesn't come there at 7. And consistently, you are there at 8.30. You are unfaithful. Praise the Lord. You are unfaithful. You are unfaithful. Now, look at Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. He said, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Somebody say, many say, you see, sometimes they say talk is cheap. People can say all kinds of things. I will do this. <laughs> it is amazing how people can talk about themselves when they are given opportunity at interviews. <laughs> Tell us about yourself and they will rattle amazing things. Great degrees. But give them the job they are found wanting. 
<laughs> Many will say, may the things you say about yourself be true. Amen. I said, may the things you say about yourself be true. Amen. When you say you are faithful, sometimes you are talking to somebody, and say, please, can I trust you with what I'm saying? Oh, me, you can trust me. 100%, don't worry at all. That's what he said. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find a truly reliable person? May you be a truly reliable person. Amen. The good news translation says everyone talks about how loyal, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is loyal. Titus and Timothy were faithful. Somebody said they were faithful. They were faithful. They were faithful, they were faithful to the Lord. They were faithful to their father in the ministry, Paul. They were faithful to him. When you are faithful to God, it's easy to be faithful to men. But when you are unfaithful to God, you cannot be easily become faithful to men. They were faithful to the message. Now look at this, look at this, look at this with me. They were faithful to the message. If you have a son who is not faithful to the message, you can easily corrupt it. Titus chapter 1 verse 9, CV. Titus 1 verse 9. Titus 1 verse 9. He said, they must stick to the true message they were taught. They must stick. When you have a faithful son, a faithful son sticks with standards. These are the things we have agreed we are doing. A faithful son does not change it. Are you here with me? He doesn't change it. He doesn't change it. And worst of all is changing it without recourse to his boss. A faithful son. He said they must stick to the true message that they were taught so that their good teaching can help at the stake. When we say this is what we are doing, this is what we are wearing for this program, stick to it. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? When we say this is the time we are meeting for this event, stick to it. A faithful son is a stickler. Committed. That's what it, Paul said this about Timothy. Look at this. 2 Timothy 2 2. Caligro said, Eveleza Brando was a Galeberadose, Hadibahadose, Libra, the New Living Translation. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable, many reliable. Now teach these truths to other people who be able to pass them on to us. Did you see it? This is reliable message. And I need it committed to reliable people who can also pass it on. Pass it on. You see, you cannot build a legacy when the first generation is reliable. The second generation is not reliable. The third generation is not reliable. No. He says, I have committed reliable things to you. Make sure that you commit it to reliable people who can also commit it to other reliable people. When you give five souls, two souls to somebody to shepherd them, as a ministry shepherd or as a cell leader, and the person is not reliable, by the time you come, you won't find any. Are you here with me? You won't find any. You won't find any. But that shall not be your testimony. Amen. I said that shall not be your testimony. Amen. Number 11, a true son is a brother. Somebody say, a true son is a brother. A son is a brother. Ask your neighbor, are you a brother? Are you a, brother? a true son is a brother. A true son is a brother. Say, a true son is a brother. Yeah, a true son is a brother. A true son is a brother. A true son is a sister with all purity. Somebody say, a true son, a true son. Or, daughter or daughter is a sister, a sister. With, all with all purity. Praise the Lord. 
Paul used to talk about that. He said, relate to the younger women as sisters with all purity. So a true son is a brother. Look at this, look at this, look at this. It's interesting. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read it together. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our, our, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. One go. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel there, was open for me in the Lord. Now look at this. My spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. Now these are people he has described as sons. But now he says they are brothers. You see, it shows you that relationships are not static. Some of the relationships are not static. Yeah, relationships are not static. You can't relate to your son as a son forever. There must come a time where you relate to your son as a brother. And sometimes many parents don't get it. So their sons become rebellious because the guy is no longer a baby. Instead of relating to him as a brother and trying to reason with the person, he's still giving commands and instructions. You miss it. Are you here with me? There's a time where when they have qualified to become brothers. You know, Jesus said, you are servants. Then later on, he says, you are friends. The way you talk to a friend is different from the way you talk to a servant. There are information you can entrust a friend with, but you cannot tell a servant. He said, a brother, a brother, a brother. Look at this. A brother. Look at Colossians 1, verse 1. I want you to see this because it's very, very important to me, and I'll say a few things. One, go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our... Okay, Philemon, verse 1. Philemon 1. Go. Paul, of Jesus... Uh Uh-huh. And Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow. Have you seen the number of times he's calling them brothers? Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Let's go. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we to be left in Athens alone. Verse 2. And send our brother and a minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you. Somebody say, a true son is a brother. When you are a true son, you distinguish yourself to become a brother to your father. Praise the Lord. But when you are a false son, (laughs) no, the Bible said a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. And I will show you how brothers work together in times of adversity. When Paul was in prison and was about to be executed, do you know the people he called for? He called for Titus, he called for Timothy. He called for these two because they were people who were brothers. They understood him and they were willing to do anything with him. A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. When you are a true brother, it is when your father is going through a challenge that he can commit himself to you. What you do in terms of those challenges. But there are many sons who are not brothers. They are not what? Yeah, they are not brothers. They are not brothers. You can be a son and not a brother. When you are a brother, you are not envious of your father. Somebody say, a brother brother. is not envious of his father. 
Yeah. When your father is your brother, you are not envious of him. Do you know why Cain killed his brother? Same mother, same father, he killed him because of envy. So a true son who is a brother is not envious of his father. He's not looking at what his father has and seeking to covet it. Do you know, there was this man by the name of David who had a son by the name of Absalom. Absalom was not a true son. David gave birth to him legitimately, but in his character and spirit and attitude, he was not a true son. He coveted and envied his father's position to the extent that he ganged up. He wrote, he plotted to overthrow his father. When you are not a true son, you are in the heart, you are looking for when your father will die so that you take over. Hear this? No, all you want is find a place for yourself. That was the man Solomon looking for an opportunity. Looking for an opportunity. Let's read that. Brothers are together for life. Do you know that? Oh, our five brothers. Prophet Gabriel, Prophet Prince, Pastor Oti, and then Pastor Sami, and then myself, five brothers. We are all in ministry. We are all pastors. <laughs> but sometimes when we meet, <laughs> when we are having a meeting, it can be hot. But when we finish, we are still, we are still, I'm telling you. I can't say, no, he's no longer my brother because we have a disagreement. No. I'm leaving. I'm not staying in the church anymore because, no, we are brothers. He are not, he's not just a son, he's a brother. I'm not communicating here. You have graduated to the status of a brother, so we are here together. Come rain, come sun. He said, a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. If you want to know that a friend you have is a true brother, he has graduated from being a mere friend to a brother, check how he stands with you when you have a challenge. You see, you will not know a true friend in good times. You will know a true friend in difficult times. When you are challenged, when your marriage is troubled and you are contemplating divorce and you don't know what to do and you speak to him, he will lift you up. He will not bring you down. He will not condemn you. He will not tell you it's over. It's all your fault. He will not play the blame game on you. I'm not communicating here at all. When you have it, may God give you a true brother. Amen. You need that. All of us need that. Everybody needs that. Loves at all times. Anybody can love you at good times. But very few can love you in difficult times. But a true son who is a brother loves at all times. When I talk about the father, a true son endures the same afflictions like his father. Second Samuel, let's look at Absalom. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When people brought a case to the king for judgment, Absalom would ask where in Israel they were from, and they would tell him they are, they are, take note of that word, they are, yeah, because our sons in ministry, we are all one in Christ, but some people are more one. Ashantis are more one. Ewes are more one. Guns are more one. Then you know that you are not dealing with true sons. They begin to play division. 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 He says, where are you coming from? This is Absalom. Where are you coming? Which tribe do you belong? Are you Ashanti? Oh, if you join that church and you are not Ashanti, you will never, never become a pastor. No, 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 no. You can't rise. I'm not communicating here. Yeah, there are people who have that mindset in church. And there are people who don't trust anybody except people who come from their tribe. 
Yeah, it's only people from their tribe. Apart from mommy, I trust Reverend Bright. Amegashi. You hear the name? Very powerful. Full away. I trust him with my life. Praise the Lord. I can trust this woman with my life. I can trust Amegashi with my life. Learn to trust people. Am I communicating here? Yeah, you see, there are people from your, they can do you harm. No, if somebody is wicked, the tribe he comes from doesn't matter. It is God in the heart of a person that makes the difference. I hear me. And if the person is away fra fra and God is in his heart, he's cool. I'm not communicating here. But if the person is from the same village, same tribe, and he talks the same way and God is not in his heart. Look, this man here, his son, his biological son, but he was creating tension and confusion because he was not a true son. Now look at this. Verse 3, let's go. Then Absalom will say, you have really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. <laughs> I wish I were. I wish I were. Uh-huh. When you have a son who is not a brother, he's always wishing for your place. I wish I have your car. I wish I have your house. I wish I have your wife. I wish I have your children. They are always wishing for things. They are never satisfied and contented. Listen, if you are working in a place and you have people like that around you, if it's possible, let them go in peace. Are you hearing with me? Yeah, because if you don't take care, they will kill you soon. Because that's what Absalom sought to do. I wish people are always wishing. When they see you with something new, oh, this thing, I wish I have one one day. Instead of celebrating and say, oh, Pastor Ray, your car is such a beautiful car. Ah, I'm excited you are driving this car. No, I wish I would drive one of these, uh, the latest model one day. <laughs> I wish. I wish they can't keep the focus away belongs. Now, he said, I wish I would reject. Then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment and I would give them justice. In other words, his father was not giving justice. Now look at this. When people tried to bow down before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and kissed them. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's an agenda. Agenda. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm not going to rule you like my father, whom everyone is saying, yes, sir, yes, sir, papa, papa. No, we are all equal. So we don't need to bow. We are on the same level. Absalom. <laughs> Look at this. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. So he had an agenda stealing their hearts. Listen, when you are working with a place, don't steal the hearts of the people from the boss of the place. Are you here with me? When they commit some people into your hands, make sure that they remain committed to your ultimate leader. Are you here with me? Now, he said, after four years, Absalom said to the king, let me go to Hebron to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill a vow I made to him. The Christians are always liars. He was lying here. Now, look at this. For a while, your servant was at Gisham in Aram. I promised to sacrifice to the Lord in Hebron if he would bring me back to Jerusalem. Verse 8, 9. All right, the king told him, go and fulfill your vow. So Absalom went to Hebron. Look at verse 10. But while he was there, let's read it together. While he was there, he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the ram's horn, his message read, you are to say, Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. Can you imagine that? He has a coup d'etat. 
The Bible says he didn't just go alone, verse 11. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. Be careful when people are talking you sweetly to follow them on an action. They knew not what he was about to do. So I'm saying that a true son is what? A true son is what? Now the important lesson I want you to pick from here is that as a spiritual father, you have to learn to relate to your sons as brothers. There are fathers who don't know when to change the dynamics. You have to know when your son is your brother. And you have to know when to relate to him as a son. That two levels. And you as a spiritual son also must be careful that you don't become too familiar with your father when he's relating with you as your brother. Are you here with me? Yeah, because there are some people, the moment you come down, you are flowing, relating with them as brother. Ah, tell him, ah. <laughs> also, also. <laughs> They're forgotten. Your boss takes you out to lunch and then you are leaving. Listen, you have to. The fact that your boss has sat with you and you have ate at the same does not mean that you're on the same level. Are you here with me? So while he's coming to your level, don't take yourself to his level. Do you understand what I'm saying? He can come to your level. When he comes to your level, it's because he wants you to be comfortable. It's because he wants to be able to reach you and relate with you on a certain level. Don't think that, oh, this is where now I am there. And then when you come back to the office, you are talking to people as if you are like your boss. You missed it. Don't become familiar. In fact, when you go to some churches, the pastors are so distant. You don't have time. He won't even say hi to you. He just can preach and go. He doesn't have time for people. And it's because some people are too familiar. And listen, when your pastor is not familiar with you, it's to your advantage. Because when you become too familiar, the anointing on his life cannot bless you. And your relationship with him is based on the anointing. Are you here with me? If you are in this church and my anointing cannot bless you, you are wasting your time. And the way you position yourself is what will determine whether the anointing on my life can bless you or not. That's why the way you relate is very important. But spiritual fathers have a responsibility. You have to think well about your brothers. The pastors also, they are the only people who want to enjoy anything good. They are not brothers. When you are a brother and you have something good, you want to share with your brothers, don't be so. Yeah, yeah that's also the other side. Everything they will not, if there is an opportunity, they will not. They don't want anybody to see their glory. That is a bad father. I'm not communicating here. Yeah, because a good father is excited when his son is outshining him. Then he said, yeah, that's my son. That's my son. He's doing twice what I've done. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Can somebody say an amen? amen? May you be a true son. Amen. May you be a true son. Amen. The final point in which we'll continue from here next week is a true son is a partner. Somebody say a true son is a partner. Say a true son is a partner. Now look at this with me. A true son is a partner. Second Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23 to 24. We'll just read it and we'll stand up on our feet to pray. A true son is what? Now look at this. If anyone, let's read it together. If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my fellow worker concerning you. He is what? My partner. Titus is my son, but he's also my partner. Rise on your feet and ask, receive grace to be a true son. Open your mouth and begin to speak to God. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it 
in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.